Hey everyone, and welcome back to SVN On The Go. I'm Julian Banuelos. And I'm Derek Weir. Thank you for joining us for this episode of SVN On The Go, a podcast for commercial real estate professionals and leveraging the power of SVN's unique platform. Today, we're sitting down with David Gilmore and Lewis Fisher from SVN's auction services team. David Gilmore serves as the national auctioneer and MD for SVN Gilmore Auction and Realty Company, SVN Auction Services, and the SVN Asset Recovery Team. With more than 35 years of accelerated marketing experience, Gilmore has sold more than 15,000 properties at public auction throughout the United States. In 2007, Gilmore was inducted into the Louisiana Auctioneers Association Hall of Fame. And Lewis Fisher joined SVN as a national auctioneer in October of 2001. Prior to that, he was CEO of Fisher Auctions Co. Inc. At SVN, Lewis is responsible for business development, client relationship management, and strategic alliances. Lewis's direct presentation and sales efforts have resulted in over $1 billion in sales revenue over his career. He was featured in the Wall Street Journal in 2004, 2005, 2006, and finally in 2007 as a leader in the commercial real estate industry. Thank you for joining us today, guys. Uh, thank you for having us. Appreciate being here. So we'll dive right in today. Uh, so our first question today is, how did you both get started in commercial real estate? And not only commercial real estate, but more specifically, accelerated sales. Uh, this is Lewis. I guess I'll, I'll lead off. Um, uh, as far as getting started in accelerated sales or auctions and field bids, et cetera, uh, I was uh, sort of born into it, uh, third generation. So uh, it became natural for me as far as in commercial real estate. It sort of evolved as a result of uh, a focus on government contracts uh, that we were able to secure uh, with my family's firm uh, in the 80s and in the early 90s uh, with the FDIC and the RTC and the result of handling those portfolios for them and selling them at auction across the country. Uh, much of the product was uh, was commercial real estate. So uh, it sort of evolved into that as a result of securing these government contracts for me. And my story is a little, little different. Uh, I'm a first-generation auction professional, I guess you'd say. And um, when I was in college, my, I worked at a local amusement park here in New Orleans, and my boss sent me to auction school. It had nothing to do with – he talked about real estate, but uh, he said if if it never – if, it, if I've never became an auctioneer, um, it would uh, help me. The training would help me in, with self-confidence and being able to get, get up in front of people and speak publicly and that type of thing. And so I became an auctioneer first. And um, lo and behold, right after I graduated from college in 1982 was one of the big uh, economic dips in the United States. And so about the mid-80s, uh, I sort of cut my teeth on uh, working for banks and FDIC, RTC, a lot of the same folks that Lewis's, Lewis's family is working for, um, and started selling just portfolios of real estate at public auction. And a lot of those were commercial uh, properties, and we also had residential, but it was probably heavy on uh, on commercial at that time. So that's kind of how I got into it. Very cool. That's cool that it's two different ways of uh, ending up in the same place. Um, so could you guys walk us through um, the accelerated sales process and maybe, you know, highlight how it differs from typical commercial real estate sales? 
Sure. Um, in simple terms, a typical CRE sale sets a price and negotiates down until a deal is reached, generally. Then you have a due diligence period, usually, possibly more negotiations after that. And then the deal either closes or it doesn't. Um, in an accelerated sale or an auction, uh, the pricing starts low and buyers competitively bid against each other, driving the price upward until it reaches a market value. Uh, the difference is generally in a, in a typical CRE sale, there are uh, a multitude of conditions. In, a, in an auction situation, usually, not always, but usually it's an all cash sale, no contingencies, um, usually a, a 45 to 60 day closing, and it usually has a 10% a cash deposit versus you don't get those things in a, in a typical CRE uh, sale. Excellent. And we know that auction deals kind of work a little bit differently than the normal sales process uh, with uh, other asset types. So in order to become an auctioneer, what does that licensing process look like for you? Well, there's, uh, I don't know today exactly, but uh, I did know that uh, a few years ago there were nine, what you would, would refer to as accredited uh, auction schools where you learn a little bit about the business itself, but they teach you the chant. Um, and it's typically a two-week period. Uh, at least it was for me. I went to Mendenhall uh, Auction School in uh, High Point, North Carolina in 1979. Um, but as far as licensing goes, uh, most of the states require you to have a, an accredited background of some sort uh, through a school that uh, has been approved on their their state regulatory meeting all of the requirements and um, at you know you use you just make application in my my particular state in Florida we have a license law uh, for auctioneers and uh, I also hold an auctioneer's license in North Carolina and many of the states today are reciprocal so you don't have to take a test uh, at the state level if you've been through an auction school and grad and have graduated. That's awesome. I know I have my uh, real estate license and none of the states I have held it in have been reciprocal. So I'm ta I've taken the test about three times now. Um, so that's absolutely very useful. Now, also, guys, the difference in in auctioneers and real estate brokers, many of us as auctioneers are li dual licensed. We're licensed as auctioneers and as real estate brokers in a lot of the states that we work in. Oh, so having a Broker's license is not a prerequisite to having an You can just be an auctioneer without holding the broker's license. Some states will allow you to be a, just an auctioneer and have that license and sell real estate at auction. Very few of them allow that. I want to say Indiana and maybe one other. Most states require uh, both licenses, uh, with the exception of we do a, a lot of bankruptcy sales around the country. Federal bankruptcy is exempt from licensing, but we always use or, or utilize one of our SVN uh, advisors in that area to make sure that we have a, a real estate license working with us. Very interesting. And I guess on that same kind of note, uh, you've mentioned you know how you guys work with governments, um, but I guess who are your typical clients? And I guess that would be, um, buyers and sellers, and then how do you meet them? Well, uh, sellers are generally 
we work for financial institutions, banks used to be savings and loans, government agencies, bankruptcy courts, bankruptcy attorneys, corporate surplus uh, estates. That pretty much uh, handles the, the, the type of clients that we work with. But the way we meet many of, the, of our clients, we do it through SVN advisors. We developed a relationship with many of the, of the advisors around the country. For instance, Chet Barber and Tia Shim of SVN Alta Commercial in Salt Lake City, they were aware of the Utah Department of Transportation putting together an RFP for auctioneer services. Well, what did they do? They called us. Lewis and I uh, got together. We uh, put a, about an 80-page proposal together, submitted it, went out there and did an oral presentation, and we won the five-year contract um, for us to sell real estate for the Utah Department of Transportation. And we've already done uh, 27 properties, and I, I believe tomorrow we're going to get uh, eight more properties for the next for the third auction that we're doing. And, and also what we try to do within the, the scope of those contracts is we try to market those and leverage those contracts, those existing contracts with other agencies within the state of, of the, in this particular case, Utah, that Dave alluded to, so that, you know, they don't have to go through the RFP process as long as the procurement process that they have mirrors the process that we have just been through and have a contract. So. In this case, for instance, uh, November the 5th to the 7th, we'll be taking a booth out at their annual conference, the Utah Department of Transportation, uh, to educate all of the you know, employees and all of the various departments what we're doing. And then next year, uh, we, will, uh, we will go with uh, the head person within the state, uh, the Department of Transportation, and we will go to the national conference for alike uh, people within the you know adjoining states and here again we'll have a booth and we'll display in hopes that we'll be able to you know meet meet potential new new clients and hopefully be able to use our contract and and work for them yeah absolutely and you mentioned a little bit ago that you've been working with tn chat uh with our other svn office so this is a question that we ask almost everybody that comes onto the podcast collaboration is such a big part of the svn culture and you gentlemen being part of such a unique asset class, how do you work collaboration into your business model? Well, a couple of ways. Um, one is on the buy side, we offer buy side commissions on all auctions, just like um, all SVN advisors uh, do. Uh, all the advisor uh, has to do from the other firm or our firm, they just have to register their client with us prior to the auction date. And if their client buys the uh, the real estate, they get paid a commission. So that works out pretty well on the on the buy side. On the sell side, it's it's like we said before. We ask we ask or we educate the SVN advisors and ask them to just pay attention in their local markets. If they hear of an RFP, if they if they see uh, uh, someone is looking for uh, an auctioneer or auction company or auction any type of auction services just give us a call. And the way we collaborate is the same, same way with Chad and Tia in Salt Lake City. They become the headquarters broker. They're the local experts and they, we become the team. So we handle marketing and operations and online auction and those types of things. And Chad and Tia handle the, um, uh, the, the, on the boots on the ground, getting the signs up, 
doing the BOVs for the property, being the property experts and answering those questions for the buyers uh, in order to help them bid and uh, and be successful in the auction. So those are the two two types of collaboration that we're, I guess, looking for and promoting uh, all the time uh, throughout SVN. And you were just touching on this. um, And I know, you know, auction, I've seen a lot of, you know, auction sites cropping up online, um, which kind of leads me to the next question, which is how are accelerated sales changing? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, We've moved the majority of our sales to an online bidding platform. Uh, We actually have two platforms. One is the uh, svnauctions.com platform, and the other is a custom-made or constructed uh, platform uh, for UDOT, where we only, it's exclusive, where we only sell UDOT properties on that particular uh, platform. Uh, I would, I would estimate from, from our standpoint that we're probably 80% or more of our sales will be conducted online uh, this year. And uh, it will, it will, I think it will only increase in the future. I think that's probably the major change in the business prior to to online, we would go to the property, stand in the property type uh, situation, or we'd or we'd go to a, a hotel ballroom or a, or an auditorium and hold the auction there. Um, with online, it it gives us it opens up so many avenues um, when you're doing a an on-site sale. The bidders um, literally have to make a decision in about four to five minutes, and it's over. The bidding's bidding's done. And you can only hold the the uh, the bidders there for so long. In an online situation, uh, we have uh, dynamic extensions where if anyone bids in the last five minutes, it extends for 15 and notifies everybody and lets them bid again. And it'll do that. We've had situations this past year where uh, the bidding has extended for more than an hour and a half, and it gives the bidder the second, third, fourth, and fifth chance to bid on the property. So when we're done, uh, we've we've actually gotten, uh, we believe, as much money as possible on that particular property because you've give so, given people so many chances. And I think our, our marketing also um, has changed dramatically in that direction, too. I mean, obviously, everybody, you know, uses the electronic distribution channels and portals available today. For advertising, but um, you know, Dave and I, you know, we're doing some things different in in the contract with UDOT that we had not done before, which has been very, um, it's been very good as far as getting eyeballs to our site through geofencing and social media, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not just the print and direct mail and the posting on on websites that you know have a large subscription database. But it's literally, um, you know, doing some things and drilling down into the market and where the property location is, so that you know, if you're within a five-mile radius and you got, you're on an iPhone or, you know, your Android, there's a great chance that you know our ad's going to pop up on your screen. So I think it's changed that way, and that what it's, what it, that's enabled us to do is to create a great economy of scale for our clients because uh, typically they're responsible for the marketing and advertising costs. And uh, where we used to, you know, have, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollar budgets, uh, you know, our advertising budgets today probably range more in the the twenty thousand dollar range. 
Yeah, and this is actually a great transition into our next question. You both just talked about the ever-changing market uh, in accelerated sales. Now, what are some of the problems that you are currently seeing in accelerated sales and how do you see these problems being resolved in the future? Well, I think the, the biggest problem is educating both buyers and sellers uh, on the various accelerated marketing auction methods. Um, sellers need to understand that the, an accelerated sale or an auction is an alternative to a traditional method that can be beneficial under the right set of circumstances. And so it, it's one message to, to a seller and the other message is, is to the buyer. Buyers should understand uh, how and why to buy it at an auction or an accelerated marketing event so they can be more comfortable. And uh, I think that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge education process because in, in today's market, there are so many platforms out there. Um, you have to really pay attention as a buyer to the terms and conditions of the various auctions. Some auctions um, uh, have a lower starting bid and, um, and, and have different fees involved. Uh, uh, other um, situations, uh, they allow you to put in uh, conditions on a sale. So it's, it, it's just uh, a learning process and you really have to pay attention because there's no, I hate to say there's no, um, uh, uh, everyone's not equal, let's say that. Uh, everybody's got a different idea and uh, you just have to pay attention to it. From a seller standpoint, um, we freely admit that, that what we do is not for everyone. You'll, you will never ever see um, 100% of real estate sales being done with accelerated marketing. We'd love that, but we just don't see that ever happening. Um, we are uh, perfect for the, the right set of circumstances you know, and how do you how do you fix those uh, problems? I think it's it's touching your sellers and your buyers as much as possible. Um, obviously, personal visits. We do web webinars, videos. Um, when we produce our events, we try to make sure that that people uh, like we send out in for the U dot sale. I send out a weekly tip, which is just information on what they can look for at the auction uh, online. Uh, and that type of thing. And I think communication with your client as the seller is is very, very important. And we try to do that. We probably communicate with our clients more than any other real estate professional in the country um, with weekly updates and, and uh, uh, approval of all advertising, things like that. So I think that's kind of the, the, the way it would be solved, in my opinion. And also, I mean, something that we experienced at a typical uh, CRE advisor does every day, and that is the challenge of helping the client or the customer understand what the value of, of the asset really is. Um, just because you have an appraisal does not necessarily mean that that's the value that we're going to be able to receive or generate under a, an auction or an accelerated sale. So helping them understand that. And appraisals, appraisers, as many times as I've had conversations with them and tried to tell them that, you know, when you make this evaluation, realize that it's not a 180-day marketing period. It's typically a 60-day a marketing period. And so that needs to come into consideration and in that it's not subject to financing in most cases. Sometimes it is, but but helping the clients come to grips with that so that when we do uh, enter the market with one of our, uh, either one of our assets or portfolios, 
you know, we're, we're, we're kind of confident, pretty confident that we're going to have a successful event, um, that the market will, you know, reach the, the price point that we've collectively established and agreed upon. David, you kind of just were touching on um, the circumstances under which someone would use an auction to sell their pro um, their property. So when should advisors suggest an auction to their clients? Are there certain things they should look out for to maybe indicate, hey, this might do well at an auction? Well, when a client needs, um, uh, some clients will call and say, look, I really need to pick up the pace and, and, and I need to get this off the books by the end of the year, something like that. When there's a time deadline and um, uh, the, the client is truly motivated, if there is some financial issue, um, the, there could be, you know, the three Ds, death, debt, and divorce. There, uh, that, that happens, unfortunately, in life every day. And it causes people, you know, changes in people's life. And so in some cases, they need to do something. Um, if, um, if they're representing a, a property that's in an estate, um, we would, uh, in some, in many cases, the, the heirs can't decide on the value. They can't agree. Well, we have an auction and the heirs get a chance to bid if they want to. So it makes it much fairer for everyone, uh, involved. Uh, we did a, um, uh, Lewis and I did a bankruptcy auction with Brent Miller, Miller commercial in, uh, in Maryland, um, several years ago on a, a five and a half million dollar shopping center, class A shopping center that went into bankruptcy. Well, Brent was the property manager. As soon as he got the bankruptcy notice, he said, wait a minute, I know some guys that handle bankruptcy auctions. He called Lewis and I, we, we did a proposal, got the assignment. Um, we had great bidding. I believe we had uh, 10 or so bidders. And uh, five and a half million dollars later, everybody was happy and, and the bankruptcy court uh, was happy and we took care of things. So it's just paying attention to that situation. Another thing that that SVN advisors and others you know, may not know is that many municipalities, many uh, states, uh, many governmental uh, organizations can only sell at auction. And most people don't know that some uh, some of the laws are written that says they have to have a public sale because it's fair, it's transparent. Um, everybody gets a, a chance and, and no one can just um, uh, bid on the property on their own and, and make a great deal. So um, that's where we come in. So if if they if they talk to their their councilman or uh, uh, they're talking to the mayor and the mayor says, hey, we got this surplus real estate. Well, bing, bing, bing call Gilmore or, or Fisher and one of us will uh, will team up and get together and take care of the deal for you. Excellent. And you mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast that auctioneering just isn't for everybody. It's a little bit different, a different asset class. Um, if somebody listening today, a young advisor is looking to get into accelerated sales, where do you suggest they start and kind of where do you think uh, that kind of model should kind of go off and where they should take off at? Well. I would, I would tell, I would discourage them at this point, but um, <laughs> it, it's not as, um, uh, the barriers uh, to entry are much higher than they used to be. I mean, it, it literally when, when Lewis and I started, uh, you could, you could get in with, um, you know, an office, a briefcase and a, um, and a, a portable sound system. Um, in today's world, it's not that, it's just not that simple, but 
you know, I would probably tell them to find a mentor that's in the business and, and figure out a way to work with them and learn all that they can. Um, uh, if they're a, you know, a CRE advisor, uh, have them contact us and, and we tell them what to look for. And, um, you know, they can, they can make almost as much money um, referring deals to us or, or being the, the headquarter broker on a deal that they uh, send us than they can if they did it on their own. So um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're gonna have a whole lot of people running over us to, to get to, the, to, to be auctioneers in today's world, but you never know. Well said. So David and Lewis, I would just like to thank you for uh, joining us. I know I learned a lot in this um, interview and I hope our listeners did too. Our pleasure. Thanks, Thanks uh, for having us. Thanks. Thank guys. you so much.